0: Well, hello, Chase Oaks, once again, so glad that you are here as we continue the series one minute after you die, uh, looking at the afterlife. And a lot of this series, even though we're taking all our questions to the Bible to get our, as many answers as we can get, they come from your questions. And you do have done a great job sending in questions. And so here's kind of where we're at. Uh, we've this is week three. So this week we're talking a little bit deeper. Uh, Ryan introduced us to the topic of the heaven that God is creating for us, uh, that when Jesus returns one day, the Bible says that he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to go a little bit deeper into some specifics of what that'll be like uh, today. Next week is about the other place, because there is another place and that's a tough topic. So if you want to see me squirm, then Show up next week or tune in next week and you'll see. That is a tough topic. But you know what? It's, it's part of the deal and it's really, really important to understand. So we're going to be fine. And, uh, and, and I hope you, uh, hope you hang out next week. Um, so as we think this week about what heaven will be like, uh, what kind of in all of its, all of its fullness, I don't know what you've been exposed to in the past or, you know, what you kind of grew up thinking heaven was like. Um, I know for me, when I was new to Jesus as a young teenager, um, I had been exposed to in, in what I heard kind of made me not so excited. Like when I when I when I was that age, I was afraid to die, not because I thought I was going to go to hell, but because I thought I was going to go to heaven because heaven sounded terrible and I never would have said it out loud because you think God might send you there early, you know, you might, you know, you might get a lightning strike or something. But, but, kind of what I picked up is that heaven was going to be a forever church service, and that we were going to be singing songs forever. and And everybody else seemed okay with that, right? I mean, they were like, "Oh yeah, that's great." But in my mind, I'm like, "Well, that's terrible." And in the church that I was in, I mean, it. It had a lot of strengths, but one of them wasn't really engaging worship services. So I was thinking, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. But even now, as I mean, I'm a pastor, so I like church. I really do. I like going to church. It's important. We do as good a job as we can do to make it engaging and all of that. Um, But even then, after about an hour and a half. Or an hour, or certainly by two hours, I'm kind of ready to switch gears, right? Aren't you? And but after ten thousand years, you think, hey, is anybody going to? We have an intermission, or how does this work? Or you know. So anyway, well, that was kind of what was in my head. Um, other people sort of have this idea that and maybe you're exposed to this. It'd be a very ethereal place that we were going to be kind of flying around on clouds and just sort of in this very otherworldly place, maybe a little like this Far Side ca- cartoon. Uh, where the guys up there, and he said, man, I wish I'd brought a magazine, you know, because what do you do forever just sitting on a cloud? Uh, but here's a, a bit of really, really good news about what heaven will be like is it's not any of that. Um, it, it's not going to be a forever church service. We're not going to be in some ethereal place kind of uh, hanging out on clouds. Um, like Ryan introduced last week, uh, heaven is actually... Life on earth as it was originally meant to be, only better. And today we want to understand that deeper. And the only way to understand what heaven will be like is to understand this, that heaven is a culmination of the big story that we're right in the middle of right now. Now, let me share that story. We all like stories, right? You ready for a story? So the story that we're in the middle of is basically the story of everything. The story of creation. And sin and the fall and redemption and restoration in heaven is the culmination of that. How God, you know, starts, he creates everything. Everything is perfect. Uh, Adam and Eve, the first humans in this perfect environment, no sin. Uh, the world is as it should be. That was all great. But then Adam and Eve, when they chose sin, everything changed. Because when sin came into the world... Then came the curse and the darkness and all that comes with it, death and destruction and injustice. And it, it's, the, it's the darkness and the brokenness in our world that we feel. I mean, when we look at our world, it's not all bad. God created it. There's a lot of good things about this world, but we know it's not the way it should be. Right. And we feel that like I I've decided that I'm going to have to start doing my day a little bit different because Often one of the first things I do now is I read through Apple News and the Wall Street Journal just to kind of see what's going on. But every time, like this week, it felt like it was like, oh, no, again, that happened again. Oh, no, that happened again. It's like, ah, right. We feel the brokenness. The world's not the way it should be. But God could have left us that way, but he didn't. That's the good part of the story. He intervened by His grace, and Jesus came here to start the process of redeeming and restoring this world to what God intended it to be. And, and the Bible says that all of creation is kind of waiting for that. That there's kind of this groan. In fact, wherever you are right now, just kind of make a groaning noise. Just a that's pretty good. The the, the audience here, uh, that was pretty good. I don't know what you did at home, but right, we feel that groan. And the Bible talks about that. Romans, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation, that's everything, was subjected to frustration or futility is another way to translate that. Not by his own, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been what groaning, right? We have this groan because the world's not as it should be as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. That this world is waiting for something to happen and that something is for God to finish his promise of restoration, bringing this world out of the curse, out of futility into what he intended it to be. So in Acts 32, Acts 321, we read Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Jesus talking about the time that he does return to this planet says that he will return to renew all things in Revelation 21 and 22. We see heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. When Jesus returns, he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. In the shorthand of that is no longer will there be any curse. Then heaven will be life the way God meant it to be, just without the curse, without the darkness, without the futility, without the sin, without the curse, with all the brokenness that we feel. In Revelation 21, he points to that time after he returns. And it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I keep talking about new heaven and a new earth. This is that passage for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Now, when we think of heaven, the throne of God and all that, that's what we think of. Okay, so heaven, as we think about it, is going somewhere and it's going to earth, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Heaven, that's what heaven will be, is life on earth. A remade earth life as it was originally meant to be, only better. Now we're going to dive into that. But what that means is you think, well, what will heaven be like? You actually know a lot more about it than you think because you live on earth. You just live on a cursed earth. And the new heaven and the new earth will be a remade earth like earth, only better. Um, in fact, when you think about that, it's it's kind of the culmination of God's redemption. That should encourage us even now, because you may think you, you know, there are different things in your life right now that are really messed up because we We're sinful people. We live in a sinful world. So maybe you think, man, my marriage is so messed up. There's no way it could ever like recover. Or you think, man, my life is so messed up. My career, my reputation, my whatever it is. Like I've messed up so many things. Like there's no way. I mean, God can maybe help a little bit, but it's never going to be great. But you need to understand God's power to redeem and restore. And then when we open up our life to God's restoration power and what he wants to do in our life, he doesn't just want to make our life the way it would have been without that mistake or sin. When he redeems and restores, he takes that broken thing and he makes it way better than it would have been. And our, as if we never mess, messed it up, even better than it would have been without it. This world is like that. Yeah, we messed up the world, Adam and Eve. We choose sin, too, so we can't get too mad at them. Um, this world's messed up. Humanity broke it. And when God restores it, it will actually be better than if sin had never happened. And one of those ways, like we saw in Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two, that it won't be that heaven's out there and earth is here and we commune with God. It's heaven comes down to earth and it's part of the, the heaven and earth are combined. So now we have the heavenly city on the new earth. And it's not that God's out there and we're here. He says the dwelling of God is, is the same place as where men dwell. That we will all be together. Life on earth as it was originally meant to be, only better. So let's think about that a little bit. That means that we won't be flying around with little wings. And we won't have wings. That we'll be flying around with little wings and you know, playing harps and all that kind of We'll be living life on earth the way it was meant to be. So that answers a lot of the questions. Like I said, a lot of you ask questions. You send in questions. You're still sending in questions, which is great. And uh, I put some on social media that I'm not answering. You didn't like a lot of people didn't like to answer, but it's Jesus gave the answer. You can go online and look to see what I mean. It was about marriage and sexuality and like, what about that in heaven? And uh, I, I'm not going to get into that now. But let me get into some of your other questions. So here's one that I thought was a really, really great, great question. Will Alabama always be in the national championship games in heaven? Oh, that's a great question. Um, now, only one person sent that in, to be fair. And guess who that was? Uh, that was me. But I think it's a good question as an Alabama fan. Uh, who knows? We'll see. What will our bodies be like? A lot of people ask about that, right? Because we talked about in the first week about how when we die, like one minute after we die, or actually one second after when we die, our souls go somewhere else. We talked about that the first week. Uh, For those who know Jesus, we're with the Lord. Our bodies stay down here. So we leave our bodies. Our soul goes there. But uh, but the Bible says that we won't that we will have a body um, in heaven and it'll be our body that when Jesus returns, our bodies will be resurrected and remade. So we won't be decomposed. We won't be skeletons. Or if you're cremated, you won't be a pile of ashes forever. You know, wouldn't that be a bummer if that's what you were in heaven? Cause you got cremated. You're just this little pile of ashes and your friends are going to play golf and you don't have eyeballs. So you can't see, but they just stick you there on the cart and they're like, Hey, this is really pretty. If you are so, you know, so sorry, your ashes, but it won't be that. Okay. You will we'll get a new body. So it's okay. To to get cremated that people ask that too. um, we'll get a, a, a new body and a lot of people say, well, what, what will our body be like? And, and we don't know. We do know that Jesus had a body after the resurrection and he could like show up places and go through walls. So that's a, that's a little clue. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to do that. Um, our bodies will be perfect. They won't decay. They won't degrade. Uh, they won't groan. They won't hurt. They won't get sick. They won't feel bad, which is awesome. Because as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm just 54, I'm not ancient, but like I have a shoulder problem, I have a rotator cuff problem. The first doctor I went to, I said, hey, I've got this shoulder problem and, you know, it really hurts. And, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not young. I'm like, really? Like, that's not a good answer. You know, like I'm 54, I'm not like, I want it fixed. Like I want it, so we'll, we'll do that. You'll see that sometime this year, however I get that fixed. But our bodies won't degrade, they won't fall apart and uh, we won't groan when we sit down. A lot of you don't know why I said that. You're too young for that. But, uh, but that won't happen anymore. Uh, what will we do? Like, that goes back to how we started. You know, like, will heaven be a forever church service, whatever? No. Uh, so what will we do? It's, it's not, I'm sure that'll be part of it, right? We'll be learning in heaven, by the way. A lot of people think, oh, we'll know everything once we get to heaven. No, we won't. And God is inexhaustible. We'll be learning about God forever. And we'll never exhaust him. So we'll always, we'll always be learning. Well, we'll worship, we'll gather, we'll sing, all that stuff will happen. It just that's not all we're going to do. So what will we do in heaven? Remember, it's life on earth, the way was originally intended. So one of the things that we'll do is we'll work. We'll actually have jobs and responsibilities in heaven. And some of you may think, oh, no, like I thought heaven was going to be forever retirement and I get to do whatever I want to do and all that. Because that would be heaven is, is not having to work. And that's because work is cursed by sin. Like work is messed up and it has futility in it. Um, in heaven, we'll still work, but we won't have the futility. We'll just have the fulfillment because life without purpose, life without accomplishment is not heaven. That's the other place. We're made to be accomplishers. We're made to be difference makers. We're made as human beings in God's image. God is a worker. He's an accomplisher. And so are we. And that's why when Adam, before sin was placed in the Garden of Eden, um, he he was given. He and Eve were given a job to do, to make life work on this planet. And had sin never happened, they, there would have been all kinds of jobs as the population grew and as they're making life work on this planet, they would have divided up responsibilities and, and said, okay, so, you know, you guys are the farmers and you're the people who make food and you're the people who do this and you're the people who do it and there'll be companies and businesses and i believe all that will be happening in in heaven Um, i don't know if my job will exist in heaven but for most of you probably your job will exist in heaven i don't know if you'll do the same job or not but we'll all have responsibilities and stuff to do in addition to that um, we know that heaven starts with a party so for those of you who are party people you'll love heaven is heaven will be a big party. Uh, so, you know, party people in the house. Well, you'll like it. It'll be good. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll do recreation. You know, people say, "Will there be golf in heaven. Those are the questions. Will there be this in heaven? Uh, probably. I mean, there'll be recreation stuff in heaven. I don't know. It'll be as good as, you know, Kim Jong, you know, if you heard him, the North Korean dictator, the last one, not this one, but the last one, 69 plays golf. The first time shoots a 38 under five hole in ones reportedly. Uh, I don't know if we'll be that good, but, uh, but we'll have fun. So what, what will we do? Well, there'll be again, life on earth, uh, the way it was meant to be. So there'll be responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. Another question people ask, and this is a really good question is, will heaven be the same for everybody? Now the answer here might surprise you because the answer is no. Heaven's not going to be the same for everybody. Heaven will be great for everybody. You're not going to be disappointed with your experience. However, Heaven will be different. Heaven will be better. I'm going to say it that way. Heaven will be better for some than others. Some people will have more wealth in heaven. Some people will have more responsibility in heaven. The joy quotient for some will be higher for some than others. Really? How can you say that? Well, that's what Jesus actually talked about this a lot when he was here. Other Bible passages do, too, outside of Jesus. But Jesus, I think, just wanted to know. Because it changes the way we live life now. That how we live now changes all of those things in eternity because of this concept called rewards. That you and I will be rewarded for all eternity based on what we do here. And in Jesus' longest talk that he gave was the Sermon on the Mount. And in the, because he gave this sermon, guess where? On a mount. On a mountain. And, uh, and and it's just on this hillside and he's kind of, and it's it's great. Uh, Matthew 5, 6, 7. Um, if you want to read it, just this amazing talk and in that talk, he talks a lot about rewards and like he says, like, like some of you will be persecuted. You'll be given a really hard time because of your association with Jesus. And he said, if that happens, rejoice, I know it's hard, but rejoice because you will be rewarded for all eternity for any time you're given a hard time because of your faith. That he'll see, he sees that and he'll reward us for it. He says, hey, you know, when you pray for somebody, that's a sacrificial thing to do. And when you pray and don't make a big deal about it and you pray for somebody. Because they'll never know, right? It's OK to tell them, hey, I'm praying for you. But I mean, but, you know, when we choose to do that and we actually do pray, we don't just say I'm going to pray for you. We actually pray. He'll reward us for that. Um, when we give to the poor. And we don't make a big deal about it. He'll, he'll. Whatever. Because we could have just spent it ourselves. And we gave to somebody in need. Then he'll reward us for that. Um, I say the kind of the rule that you see in, in Jesus teaching is anything we do for others or for eternity or for his work in the world through his church. Anything we do with our time, talents, treasures, anything um, that that we don't get paid back for here, that we kind of sacrifice something here He will make up for it there for all eternity. And because of that, Jesus, in that same talk, said this. Do not store up for yourself. Now here he's talking about using our finances. Do not store up yourself treasures on earth because that's a choice, right? You just build up the biggest bank account you can't buy, can buy all the stuff you can. And that's a choice you can make. You can store up treasures on earth. But Jesus is saying in light of eternity, that's just stupid. He says, don't store up uh, treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He's basically saying, look, you've got a choice. You can live for now. Or you can understand you'll be rewarded for all eternity. And when you and I give financially to his work in the world, we give to the poor. Whatever we give will be rewarded for in all eternity. That our eternal bank account is not built in heaven. It's built here by what we do here. And therefore, whatever we give here will be rewarded for there. And another way to say this, this is from a guy named Randy Alcorn who wrote a book on rewards. um, That we can either live for the dot or the line. Now, this line is eternity extends forever. And what Jesus is saying is, well, hey, you can live life for now and and enjoy your reward now. Live for now. Spend your money now. Hang out. Have fun. Whatever. That's great. Or you can decide, you know what, if I'm rewarded in eternity for what I do now, then I'm going to send as much on ahead as I can. And so when I think about my time and my gifts and abilities and all that, I'm going to use them for things that matter for eternity because I'll be rewarded for all eternity. Not only our wealth, but also our, our responsibility, you know, different jobs. Our level of responsibility will be based not on what we do in heaven, but what we do here. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 25 tells a story about it that for the when we're faithful here, then we'll be, be given more responsibility there. So he's given us gifts and abilities and time. And when we use those, whether it's in our career for the glory of God or what we do for others, for the poor and church and all this stuff, being part of what God's doing, then being responsible here will matter in terms of the responsibility we have there. So heaven will not be the same for everybody. Some will have more wealth, more responsibility, even the joy quotient blessed are you, He says, so some will be more blessed than others. But we won't have this thing called jealousy. We won't have this thing called envy. But we'll be thankful for everything we've done. Does that make sense? Even if it doesn't, I've got to move on. So, uh, will we face judgment after we die? Another great question. And the answer is yes, we will face judgment after we die. Now, a lot of that depends, the kind of judgment depends on what we do with Jesus and his desire to uh, to f- cause us to allow us to be forgiven from sin as he took the judgment we deserve. That's why he died on the cross rose from the dead um, so that we would not face judgment for our sin. So when we say yes to Jesus for those who do and, you know, that's a lot of times people call it become a Christian or become a Jesus follower. Then we will no longer face judgment for sin. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We will not face judgment for our sin because Jesus took that on himself. Now, we'll talk next week about what is that judgment for sin and how does that work? But for those who are Jesus followers, that'll never happen. But it doesn't mean we won't face judgment. We will. Second Corinthians five, talking about Christians, says we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And if that's scary to you, let's talk about that a little bit. Because you're like, what? What do you mean I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of God? If you've been around Christianity very long. That word judgment is a Greek word, bima. You may have heard of bima, the bima seat judgment or something. If that's new to you, it, that's really not that important. A bima was just a, a platform where uh, in Greek and Roman culture, the, either the magistrate, the ruler, or the Olympic committee that's handing out prizes would stand on the bima. And there was this judgment. And, and, but you might think, well, what do you mean judgment? Like, what, what's going to happen? And, and I remember the first time I was exposed to this concept, this idea Um, I I went to church with a friend of mine when I was in junior high and he uh, there's a Sunday school teacher that talked about that. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And here's the way she talked about it. She said, here's what's going to happen is when you get to heaven, God, you're going to give an account for your life. There's going to be this judgment of everything you did, good and bad and all the bad stuff, which is what she emphasized, all the bad stuff. It'll be like a movie all of heaven is going to watch it. Everything you've ever done. That's what she said. And I'm thinking, oh, no. I mean, I already didn't want to go to heaven because I thought it was boring. But now, you know, there's going to be this movie and everybody's going to see it of all the bad stuff you've ever done. And I was only like 12. But still, I was like, oh, no, Like this is really. I mean, can you imagine like Moses is out there and, all, and you're like, hey, Moses, don't look at this next one. Like this. <laughs> you're not going to lie. like this is bad like this is this is kind of embarrassing can everybody just look the other way real quick you know and we're just going to like all oh, that's going to be there Did anybody else ever have that idea or hear about that or is just this Sunday school teacher i got exposed to but i but that's what she said i was like oh this is this is awful but here's the great news that's not going to happen because for those who know jesus it won't be about our sin that's taken care of this judgment is about the Things that we do are works. It's the things that we do for God, and this is about rewards. We talked about rewards and how heaven be different for everybody because we'll be rewarded for all we do here. Well, it's the judgment where rewards are handed out, which is why when Paul talks about it, the bema seat or the judgment seat, he always gives the image of the Olympics, the Olympic games, and how prizes are given out. And the only people that stand on the platform in the Olympic games are the winners, not the losers. And it's not about if you lose, you get, you know, whipped or something. This is about handing out rewards. It will be rewarded for what we do. So it'll be focused on the good stuff that you do, the stuff you do for God. And if and I don't think there's going to be a movie, but if there was, it'd be a great one. Because let's say in your life, God will say, hey, everybody, look, I want to show you the good stuff. Some of the things that let's say your name is Catherine that Catherine did. Like a bunch of times Catherine decided to pray for people and use her time that way early in the morning. And she prayed for. People. And and let me tell you some of the things I did because of that, because I, you know, I answer prayer and she prayed. And here's what I chose to do. And that person had no idea. The reason that happened in their life was because of Catherine. But I want you to know that. And she's going to be rewarded for it for all eternity. And she could have just, you know, done whatever with her money. and all that. But she chose to Give. And she gave regularly and faithfully because of that. Here's what I was able to do. And there were thousands of people who were impacted by that. And multiple times she saw people in need. And rather than just driving by or not worrying about it, she allowed her life to be interrupted. And and at, at sometimes it's significant sacrifice of her time and her priorities or her finances. But she did it anyway. And she'll be rewarded for all eternity for that because it's so cool what Catherine did. It'll, that's the judgment. Now, we'll be a little bit more judgy than that in the sense that our the quality of our works will be judged. And so here's what Paul says. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hair, straw, their work. So it's the works we do for God will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It'll be revealed with fire. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what's been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as what escaping through the flames. So some will get out without many rewards, but they, at least they're there. Others will have a lot of rewards uh, because the quality of our work, not only the quantity, but you think, well, what do you mean quality? Well, I think he's talking about motives there. And everything we do is with mixed motives, so don't get too O C D about it. Um, cause even what I'm preaching right now, you know, I, I don't know, probably half of it is bad motives that, you know, I like, I don't know. Uh, you know, I like people, I like being on the platform for good reasons and bad reasons. We all serve God and do things for, um, I'm trying to think of for the bad reason, but I'm sure there is one. Um, but that's okay. He'll take the good and the bad and we'll be rewarded for it, but that's the quality of our work. So. Yeah, heaven will be different for everybody. We will face this judgment, but not a judgment of sin. If we know Jesus, it'll be a judgment for our, our works and rewards. And it will matter. And, and I want you to be ready for that. Like, I don't want you to get to heaven. I'm your pastor. I don't want you to get to heaven and think, man, Jeff never talked about this moment. That I'm here I am standing for, before God, giving an account for my life, and I'm rewarded for everything that I've done for others and for his purposes. And it would have been good to know that this was going to happen. Because I would have done it different. And I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to be prepared. I want you to know that's going to happen. Because it will. And you will be thankful for everything that we sacrificed. Everything we gave. Every prayer that we prayed. Every dollar we contribute. Whatever, right? Another question. that may seem random right now in, the, in, in this particular sermon. Does suicide keep people out of heaven? But I meant to answer this one the very first week. And I forgot it's not a random question because we got this a lot and everybody who asked it gave a name with it. That's not random. This was like, hey, I have a friend or I have a child or my spouse. Um, this is the way their life ended. And and I heard that if your life ends that way, that you don't go to heaven no matter what. And let's answer that. Um because if that's what you've heard, that's not the way it works. There's nowhere in the Bible that says suicide is any different than any other sin. I do believe that's a sinful choice that people are really desperate, not thinking clearly, right? But it's, it's not any different than any other sin that anybody commits. And so if somebody whose sin has been forgiven by Jesus, then that sin has been removed And taken away and has nothing to do with them. I mean, they, yes, so your loved ones who knew the Lord, whose life ended that way, you'll absolutely see them. Um, Romans 8 says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we commit to Jesus, he commits to us. And the Bible, in what he just said, there's nothing that can, that can make him say, you know what, I'm done with you. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. It doesn't matter what it is, how bad it is, it doesn't matter, including that particular um, sin. So when we put all that together, heaven is a remade earth. Life as it was originally meant to be, only better. Now, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, I didn't hear much teaching about heaven growing up anyway. But I always thought about it as this like, ooh, you know, kind of thing. But it's not. Heaven is the culmination of the story that we're in. It's a fully restored, renewed earth as heaven and earth combine and we'll live forever with God. We'll have a perfect relationship with him, perfect relationship with others. And all the stuff we talked about will be there. It'll be life as it was originally meant to be, only better. And I've given you a little flavor of it, but I don't really have a clue. Uh, Paul, talking about what he wants to do the, right after we become a believer, but certainly that extends for all eternity, said, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Meaning, it'll be way better than you and I can possibly even imagine. And he can't wait for us to experience it, and it'll be great when we do. So this kind of concludes the heaven part of it. We'll talk about the other place next week. But I don't want to end without asking another question. And nobody asked this question, but I think it's still a really important one. How should the idea of heaven later impact the way I live now? So just wherever you are right now, just say those words so somebody asked it. Because it's a great question. And then we'll answer it. Live now with eternity in mind. Like we just talked about, you can live for the dot or for the line. Once we know that what we do here matters for all eternity, then that should change the choices we make here. That that what we do now actually matters for all eternity. Work to bring heaven to earth. Ryan talked about this last week, so I'm not going to repeat his sermon from last week. It was a good sermon. Go back and watch it if you missed it. But bring heaven to earth. That heaven is the culmination of the story that we're right in the middle of. That we, everywhere we are, are called to be restorers and redeemers, bringing heaven to earth, restoring to this life what God intended, that sin is messed up. And when you're at school as a student, when you're at work, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're in your family, we are there not just to be there, but to restore to that environment what God intended and sin is messed up. And that's part of our mission, to make this world better. So bring heaven to earth. Be part of the story. And last, know where you're going one minute after you die. Christianity is is about a lot more than just where you go after you die. It's about what God wants to begin to do in our life now and through us now in this bigger story. However, eternity is a big deal because eternity is a really long time. It's forever. And you don't have to guess where you're going. The Bible says that we can know. It says these things were written, the Bible, these things were written that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to guess. You don't have to be like, well, man, I hope so. I remember, you know, I, you know, I kind of messed up yesterday, but, you know, doing better today. I think, you know, if I died right now, I think I'd be okay. It doesn't work that way. It's not about our works, the Bible says. That's really, really good news. Ryan uh, had a great line last week where he said that you don't get what you pay for. You get what Jesus paid for. Remember that? If you watched it or saw it, and that's true because Jesus came to give us what we don't deserve to forgive us from the sin and judgment that we do deserve and give us by his grace, everything, uh, heaven and his righteousness now and all that. He wants to give us everything as a gift. It's not about us being good enough for him. We can't be. And he knows that. And that's why he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for sin. And he offers forgiveness and life forever with him as a gift that he paid for. It's nothing that we paid for. And so we're going to pray. And as we pray, it's an opportunity as we think about heaven and the life to come. An opportunity to just reflect a little bit and say, God, I want to make sure that I'll be there. But also want to make sure I live now the way I wish I, when I get there, the way I wish I was living now. Does that make sense? like... God, give me this sense of perspective, an eternal perspective that informs every choice I make now. So that I won't get there and think, oh, shoot. I wish I would have. But instead, it's like, oh, thank you, God, that you gave me the insight and the courage to live with eternity in mind. So let's bow our heads together. And we're going to pray. And praying, uh, some of you may be new to that. It's just talking to God and He's your father, he loves you. you don't have to give some kind of just flowery language or anything. You just talk to him. He loves you, and he wants a relationship with you and, and that's really where it starts so for you know for some of you, this may be an opportunity to begin a relationship with God, as we talked about Jesus came, the whole dying on the cross thing was to die to take the penalty for sin that you and I deserve. I mean we know that we know. Yeah, we messed up. We don't deserve anything. Like, we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve all that God wants to give us now. And we don't. But he came to give us what we don't deserve. And to free us from what we do deserve when he died on that cross. And he offers everything as a gift. Forgiveness, life with him forever. And once we commit to him, he commits to us Forever. And so just right now, in your own words, however you want to say it, you can just say, yes, God, I, I say yes to you, to your gift, to your forgiveness and forever presence in my life. And for those of you who have maybe taking that step to begin a relationship with God, I think this series, and today in particular, is a great opportunity just to think about our life now in light of heaven. In fact, right now, just as you or as you begin to pray here about that, just think about that moment one day when we will stand before God and we'll be rewarded for everything that we've done here. Everything that we've sacrificed here will be rewarded for. And in light of that moment, just say, God, would you help me live differently in a way that I don't get there with any sense of regret, but with just gratitude for the choices I'm making today in this week, in this year, and the rest of however many days you give me. God, help me live with eternity in mind and live for things that matter for eternity, not just for all this stuff here. Father, I thank you that you always call us to something better. And you don't really call us to something better, you'll actually help us get there when we are open to you and we take steps with you. And God, I thank you for the steps that were taken just even in these moments of As we've prayed and as we've thought about our life in light of eternity. And God, would you help us to continue to live with an eternal perspective. In Jesus' name, amen.